Oh, there is a beat that'll make you move for hour number three. On a Wednesday, it's Chad and Zay with you. A lot of Texas TCU talk, obviously, this week. Zay, what we got for the people? Jay-Z, I just want to love you. Yeah, I recognize this one. I didn't immediately recognize it as Jay-Z, but now that you say it, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Which era? Well, give me to me. Give me that. Which era, Jay-Z, are we talking about here? Uh, This is when he started to really find his groove. Earlier, early 2000s, maybe late, late 90s. But, yeah, this is when he started to really find his groove. And he's like, oh, he... He's made Big Pimpin', he can make this joint, he's uh-huh. got party records in him, but also with that cool street talk that he became famous Gotcha, for. gotcha. All right, little Jay-Z beat to uh, get us started this 2 o'clock hour. Lots of football talk uh, today. Remember, when we are done, Rod and Harge uh, with Ball Don't Lie, they'll talk to CDC at 4.30. You got the Longhorn Blitz podcast tonight at 7 uh, with Rod and uh, and Jeff and Matt. You got Fight Night, episode 400 for Eddie and Jordan. Congrats to those guys. Big UFC card coming this weekend. Fight Night at 8. Sports guys talking wrestling with Stu and Justin at 9 as well. Of course, that Longhorn Blitz podcast is a part of the Horns 24-7 crew. And we've got another member of that crew right now for you on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He is Chip Brown. Check out Horns247.com for all the latest. Check out the flagship podcast with Chip and his crew. Check out the Morning Brew article each and every day as you're having your coffee and check him out on Twitter at Chip Brown 247. Safely back from Manhattan. How are you, Chip? Oh man, what uh what a weekend there in Manhattan, you know? Hey, you got to escape it. You know, we were talking about it last week. I saw your pictures and, and comments from uh, early in the game. Saw all that wind whipping and how that you know, wondering how that would affect things. What impressed you the most about how Texas was able to escape because they did make the plays when they needed to? Well, their ability to run the ball against K State's defense. K State's run defense was legit, and you know, Sark um, he does an unbelievable job of of scheming. Um, you know, of putting together a game plan that the, the team clearly is comfortable with, and he's adding wrinkles, um, you know, to the counter and the power plays that that it almost seems like he's been saving this for this stretch run. I wish uh, maybe he would have, you know, <laughs> had a little bit more in the bag for the second half of that Oklahoma State game, but that's what really impressed me. And then the defense, I mean, yeah, they gave up some long drives. They they still are giving up way too many passes in the middle of the field, you know, at about 10 to 20 yards right behind the, you know, beyond the linebacker and in front of the safeties. Um, but they made plays when they had to make them. And and that that's a big deal. I mean, if you if you can get that from the defense and you remember we talked about Anthony Cook you know, making that fourth down stop against Alabama and then forcing that fumble um, against Iowa State. And then, you know, you had Ryan Watts making some big plays in the red zone. And then, you know, Keandre Coburn causes that fumble. Jalen Ford jumps on it. And Texas had caused, you know, three fumbles. That's that's the only one they got. But, um, you know, defense showed up in that game. And that's that's huge because TCU is, has got some firepower and that's 
that's what you're looking at. You're, you know, I think Texas will be able to move the ball against TCU's defense, but um, you know you got to you got to slow down that TCU offense and their special teams because Darius Davis has five punt returns for touchdowns in his career, one kick return for a touchdown. So they got they got different ways to to get you, and their field goal kicker is ten of ten. Uh, on field goal attempts this year. So TCU, um, you know, offensively presents some real challenges. Yeah, you know, Chip, this defense, they're definitely going to have their work cut out for them, but you could definitely say the defensive line is the vocal point. I mean, they lead the FBS with 286 pressures, 24 more than any other team, and they match up pretty well against Max Duggan and uh, Condre Miller. How do you think they're going to fare against this Sonny Dykes offense and what they're trying to do in order to beat this defense? Yeah, I mean, you got you got Lincoln Riley light, you know, with Garrett Riley as the offensive coordinator, and he do, he does a good job. I mean, he does a good job of, um, you know, like QB counter. Um, you know, they'll they do some of the stuff that Sark does. They'll put guys in motion to see if it's man or zone, and then you know, Duggan will make a quick decision about whether to to throw it or or run QB counter, and that's a big play for them. And I'm sure. You know, Sark and, and Pete Kwiatkowski are, are sniffing that out. But, um, you know, I think I have more confidence in Texas coming out of this K-State game on both sides of the ball than I did talking to you guys a week ago. So I think, I think this team sort of crossed a, a hurdle or, you know, some kind of, as Quinn Ewers said, block. You know, he didn't say mental block, but it was a little bit of a block because, you know, they hadn't won games on the road, and, my God, they play a nearly perfect first half, and and then all of a sudden it looks like some imposters showed up in the in the second half on offense, you know, false starts. Um, and K-State knocked a couple balls loose. The, the, um, the punch out on Roshan Johnson's, you know, that fourth down run looked like it was going to go for – you know, he was at the 10 when that ball got punched out. Um, and it was a great play by Echo Boydo to, to knock it out. Uh, but then Worthy gets, you know, the ball punched out after converting a third down. Um, and the penalties, you're just like, who are these guys? They didn't have a single penalty in the, in the first half. So, yeah. you know, te- Texas has got to figure that out because it's getting ridiculous. And, it, and they've scored, they've been outscored 34-6. to six in the second half of the last two games. They've scored only three points in each of the last two games in the second half, and that, that's got to get fixed. Um, again, you, there's some reasons why it happened against K-State with the turnovers and the penalties, but um, you know, Oklahoma State, that was, that was awful. And, and, and I do think that the home field advantage is going to, you know, be a factor. It should be a factor. Texas plays better at home, and or they have so far. And and don't forget, TCU has played eight straight weeks. You know, their bye week came after game number two. Hmm. And Sonny Dykes opened his you know press conference this week talking about how you know this is the time of year where as coaches you're you're struggling with how much to do 
physically. He said he's letting his players sleep in an extra 30 minutes. Um, because, you know, Quentin Johnston, their, their number one receiver, has got an ankle injury. Sonny Dyke said he thought he was going to play last week against Tech. He didn't. Um, he expects him to, to practice and play this week, but he said we'll prepare in case he can't play. Um, and that's a big deal because Quentin Johnston is almost six foot five and runs like the wind. So, and he's got hands the size of oven mitts. So, you know, that's a guy who, who can make some big time plays. And so I think it's going to be fun. I mean, I think it's, it should be a, a really good atmosphere. And, and if this Texas defense keeps playing like it is and Quinn Ewers keeps finding Xavier Worthy and Bijan Robinson gets 30 touches, Texas undefeated. When he gets 30 touches, then you know I think Texas can win this game. Yeah, I definitely would plan on 30, uh, 30 or more this Saturday. That's a great point, Chip, about the difference in bye weeks. I hadn't thought about that, but Texas basically one week off of theirs, and then TCU's to be that far away. They just have been keep the, – the thing that's amazing about them, all these comebacks, we've been talking about it this week, down by this much, come back and win. They just keep filling up that cup, Chip. They keep filling up that energy cup, and when you need to close the door, they keep doing it. Maybe this is the week where it, where it kind of catches them, um, which leads leads me to the Gary Patterson factor. Longhorn fans all season long have wanted Gary to benefit them and to give them little things and little ingredients. But now that this is where we are, top four TCU in town, I mean, there's not a Longhorn fan alive that's not thinking of Gary Patterson with this game. What do you think, if he's the difference, why will he? would he be the difference on Saturday? Give me a sense of what you think Gary might help him with. Well, Gary does an unbelievable job of the opponent scout. Like, Gary's a wonk like that. Like, he loves getting in the film room by himself and studying everything about, you know, an opposing team's offense. And, and it's, not, it's not his offense, right? I mean, Garrett Riley came from SMU with, with Sonny Dykes. And, but it is similar to Lincoln Riley's offense. Not as much... Not as much of the counter tray, but a lot of QB counter with with Duggan. And and so Gary will have probably the most meticulous notes for the or did have, you know. I mean th- those notes were turned in mm-hmm. uh Sunday morning at around one in the morning so that, you know, the coaches could put it all together going into practice week. But you know, Gary knows the the personnel and, and that's, you know, and he knows Sonny's and Garrett Riley's personnel and tendencies from having played them. I mean, TCU's played SMU each of the last four years. So Gary should know or have a game plan ready to go. And then, you know, that's, it, it, even if he just gives you the semblance of confidence, like, you know, when players go out on the field and they feel like they have the answers to the test, they play better. And so, you know, I think, uh, I think Jalen Ford playing as well as he's been playing makes that defense feel better too. So, uh, and Quinn Ewers has been really good at home. I mean, he struggled a little bit at the beginning of the Iowa State game, but that's a legit defense. And, and he made plays when he had to make them um, down the stretch. And he handed the ball to number five and number two and let them, you know, do what they do. So, I think Gary, you know, is going to have an unbelievable set of notes for the for the 
Texas defensive coaches. Mm-hmm. Chip, a big question mark is still finding that third wide receiver, Steve Sarkeesian, ever since that Casey Kane drop in Iowa State. I don't think this coaching staff has had much faith in Casey Kane, and we saw a little bit of Savion Red uh, in Manhattan, and you know we'll see Brennan Thompson every once in a while. Saw him in that Oklahoma State game. But this has still become this has definitely become a problem with Steve Sarkeesian's offense for a guy who likes to put their wide receivers and give them a lot of reps. If you've earned your starting spot, where do you think that they should go with the third wide receiver option? Yeah, I mean, I would just keep throwing it to JT Sanders because that dude is that dude's phenomenal. I mean, he's he's averaging I think he's had five catches in five of their last six games and had that huge catch on third down. Uh, early in the K-State game that really kind of, I think, gave this offense some confidence because that was a good progression from Quinn Ewers. He kind of got flushed a little bit, and then, you know, he just put it right where only Sanders could get it. And and he's old reliable right now. I mean, you're seeing that kind of rotation of guys you just mentioned. Um, lately, it's you know, Savion Red, it's been Tariq Milton a little bit, although they don't throw it to Milton. I'm not quite sure why. The guys had some big catches late, um, you know, against Tech and Oklahoma State when Texas was trying to get back in, in those games. And then, you know, I, I, it's, it's weird. You know, Sark is, uh, he doesn't like to rotate those guys much, but, um, you know, you're starting to see it a little bit. Savion Red is a guy they really like, and I think they want to keep him going. You know, they want to keep his energy going, so they're trying to find ways to get him the ball. And then Keelan Robinson, you know, that that's the other thing, is that, you know, Sark's got these little little plays where they'll find a, you know, he, he creates a play for Keelan Robinson every game. And the jet sweep, you know, against K-State was big. Um, really well blocked. Jordan Whittington with it, and Sanders with incredible blocks on that play. So, yeah, it's interesting, you know, because clearly Ewers loves the home run ability of Worthy. Who who wouldn't? But I, you know, I I would say get the ball more to Jordan Whittington. You know, I mean, and I know how important he is in the blocking and everything. But Whittington is, uh, man, he's just he does everything the right way and the quarterbacks know where he's going to be. So um, it's, it's just interesting. Ewers needs to come off of worthy a little bit and, and look for number four. Yeah. By, by catches, that is your third receiver Whittington. It's 40 catches for worthy. Just one less 39 for Sanders. Whittington's got 31. So those are your three right now for the Longhorns. Chip, in terms of storylines, I know you're a big fan of of following those stories and finding out what they are. I was fascinated that last night the Longhorns kind of got some bulletin board material in a weird spot. Reese Davis, live on television, says, we're not going for Texas. We're going for the TCU story. I would, If I'm Sark, I tell my team that all day. Do you think the ultimate story this weekend is painted purple because of what TCU is trying to do? And in the end, could that help Texas? Well, yeah. I mean, it's guys are motivated in different ways. Um, you know, some of the guys are excited to get a hit on Jared Wiley, the former Texas tight end who has four TD catches for TCU. Um, I'm sure the TCU players are hungry to, to beat 
anything associated with Gary Patterson. Yep. So, you know, there's plenty of, of stuff. But, I mean, the weird, the weird storyline with TCU this year is all the quarterbacks they've knocked out of games. You know, I mean, they knocked, they're the ones that injured Jalen Daniels. They knocked out um, Baron Morton last week in the second quarter. Um, they, they're the ones that had that kill shot on Dylan Gabriel when he was sliding, and, and he's the reason you know, Dylan Gabriel didn't play against Texas. I think the only game where they didn't, the only Big 12 game where they didn't knock the quarterback out of the game because they knocked Will Howard out. Um, they had to bring in that Jake Rubley, and he threw an interception on his first pass attempt in a close game at that time. So that to me is just like, wow. You know, I mean, it's, um, you know, the other team not having their starting quarterback is a factor in, in some of these comebacks for. TCU. Yeah, that is a that is a bit of an intimidation factor. I, I hadn't realized that until somebody texted it to us earlier. You guys realize they've knocked every quarterback out That's of so it, out of every game they so played. It's just crazy. Uh, all right, Chip. Before we let you go, uh, I'm, I'm, and I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people do. This is going to be a wild game, close game. Texas can absolutely do it. You think you're going to pick them to win the thing? Yeah, I think so. At home, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, uh, you know. Jalen Daniels will probably come back for Kansas uh, the next week in Lawrence, but um, you know, first things first. I mean, I think I think these players. I was in the the interview room right next to the locker room after the K State game. That locker room was going wild. I mean, for that team to get that win, get the road losing streak off their back, um, to, for the defense to come up with that big play at the end. I think these guys really. Uh, came together. Now, let's see how they handle success. We know Texas has had problems with that, but I think they know exactly what they're getting in TCU. The film is out there, um, and I just think I think Bijan Robinson is, is on a mission, and I think Sark's ready to use him. Oh, yeah, I, I do think Texas pulls this one out. Yeah, it's going to be quite a show on Saturday night. Uh, that's Chip Brown. Check out Horns247.com, the flagship podcast, the Morning Brew articles, at ChipBrown247. Get your follows together for the game. Uh, it is going to be a wild one. Chip, enjoy it, and uh, we will talk to you next week. All right, guys. Thanks, Chip. Yeah, good stuff as always there. Chip uh, coming back from one purple land and getting ready for the purple team coming in. That's interesting to hear. That's what these guys get to hear and see that the rest of us don't. A hyped locker room. What did it sound like? That energy, Zay, is a big deal. And to hear the Texas players talk about what it meant to them. I know fans sometimes, like the story didn't play out like they wanted it to. Fans wanted to win that game 45-10. I totally get it. But for those players to make those plays and get out of there with the win – you could just feel how much it mattered to Coburn and Ford and all those dudes on defense. I think they took a step on Saturday. I totally get why Chip would pick them to win this game if, if, they, if he believes that that mattered to them. Yeah, absolutely, especially when you have the opportunity to get to Jerry World and play for a Big 12 championship. A lot of these upperclassmen, 
they've just felt heartbreak during their tenure at Texas under Tom Herman, the first year under Steve Sarkeesian going five and seven. That's just unacceptable around these parts. And to be in the situation that they're in now, to overcome the adversity that they did in Manhattan, even though they're still second-half woes, to win that game, to win the game like they did in Iowa State. This team, they've definitely made me proud, and they've taken the right steps of getting back to where they should, and that's Texas being being the big-time, big-dog, blue blood that they are and that they should be. And, yeah, we're on the, we're in the right direction right now. Now let's see if they can get a big win. Again, they have not beaten a top-five team in uh, at DKR since 1999 when they knocked off Nebraska. They will try to get uh, TCU knocked off the pedestal and give them the first loss of the season on Saturday evening. 6.30 is the kick time. 2.30 is Bevo Boulevard for us with Longhorn Game Day. Aaron, Rod, and Harge. Go to hornfm.com for the full schedule including the uh, ESPN Game Day stuff in the morning. Remember that's over on the LBJ lawn. They're going 8 to 11 a.m. with that. Uh, We're going to be down there covering that for you as well. Up next, why today matters. If you are a pro wrestler fan. I'll tell you why today matters on a big anniversary. We'll get you a couple birthdays as well. And yes, we continue to talk about the flip of Colton Vosick yesterday that's got Longhorn fans so excited. Don't move. It's the horn. Yeah. Let's take them back. Uh-huh. Coming up, I was confused. My mommy kissing a girl. Confusion the curse coming up in the cold world. Daddy ain't around, probably out committing felonies. My favorite rapper used to sing, check, check out my melody. I wanna live good. Did I sell for a full finger ring? One of them go ropes. Nana told me if I pass, I get a sheepskin coat. If I can move a few packs, I get the hat. Now that'd be dope. Tossed and turned in my sleep that night. Rolling through a Wednesday. I like this one so far. I feel like I should recognize Should I recognize this? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not the song, but the voice. I'm going to me until my heart is stopped. Yeah. I'm Raps MVP. I ain't going nowhere so you get to know me. Ah, oh, it's a classic. Oh, oh, um, um. 50 Cent. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew, I knew the, you're right. I knew, I knew the voice. He's uh he's really good. That first that first album of his is impressive. That's the one I've listened to all the way through. Really good. Yeah, that might be one of the greatest <laughs> albums of all time. Get Rich the Die Trying. Yes, yes. Yeah. That now, is that's a good record. Now this is the game. Okay. Featuring 50 Cent. The game, pretty good rapper too from Compton. But he was in G Unit and literally got out of G Unit and had a beef with 50 Cent within the same year. And G Unit was also That was like 50 Cent's crew. And was Eminem ever involved with G Unit, or am I thinking no, of that wrong? What Eminem am I thinking of? Eminem did find Fifty, okay, he, and put, like got him connected with Dre. He and Fifty Cent did do stuff together, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, M, M, and, I, M and uh Fifty are very close, but gotcha. yeah, Fifty was the one bringing G Unit together. Because of all that wonderful camaraderie and and collaboration in rap, it is like keeping up with family. It's like being at a family reunion and you're trying to keep up with whose cousin is who and who's related yeah. to what. My grandmothers and aunts could do that, and I never knew. Like, I don't. How am I related to this person? What are you talking about? <laughs> but I love that. All the all the the family part of it is great. Uh, so Fifty Cent, a part of it, a great Jay Z beat to start this hour. George Duke earlier, Pantera earlier. That was a great track. Hootie and the Blowfish, catchy as hell from the '90s, and ZZ Top got us started today. Speaking of rap, there is a big time Texas rapper with a birthday today. We will get to that and a couple other things in why today matters. Here we go.
Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. Before we get to the birthdays, how about the anniversary? Today, if you are a pro wrestling fan, I'm about to make you feel old. You need to feel old because I feel this old. It was 25 years ago today that the Montreal Screwjob happened. 25 years ago, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Vince McMahon, and wrestling was never the same. So what happened? So they were getting ready for a big match. Bret's the champ, and Bret's leaving the company. This is Monday Night Wars time. where Like Nitro versus WCW correct. versus WWF. WCW is fired up. Bret's going to leave. He's got a contract signed. He's ready to go to WCW. Well, they got to get the belt off of him. You can't leave with the belt. That's one of the rules of wrestling. Got to lose the belt on your way out. He would have been willing to lose the belt to Sean, except Sean was in a place where Sean's ego was monstrous. And Sean said, yeah, and, and according to Brett, Brett says, hey, man, I'll always take care of you in the ring and whatever. And Sean said, yeah, I can't promise you the same thing. So then Brett wouldn't forgive him for it. And Brett said, no, sorry, I can't drop the belt to him. So they were just trying to figure out how to do it. And the way Vince came up with how to do it was let's have Sean put Brett in his finishing, one of his finishing moves, the, a submission hold. Sharpshooter. The sharpshooter. And then we'll just have the, the ref ring the bell, and it'll kind of look like it's supposed to look. And it was awkward. It was a clunky version. I'm going to go back and watch that. And again, it's called the Montreal Screwjob because it's in Montreal. Brett's Canadian. Crowd kind of doesn't know what to do. And then it all turns from a work to a shoot and gets real, 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 real when Vince McMahon walks down and had told him to ring the bell and then Brett spits on Vince McMahon and it just turned into a whole thing. So that's when wrestling really blurred the line between, oh, wait a second. Okay, so for those of us, for those of you that might have thought this was legit actual competition, well, okay, that's over. Plus now you got to get into the, there's a script and there's this and what happens and what doesn't. And it was fascinating theater in the world of wrestling 25 years ago today. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan, especially him being from Texas. And yeah, like I've said on these airways before, I always love a finishing move that you could do anywhere it don't matter if you out the ring in the parking lot in the ring that sweet gym music it traveled and you could get got from anywhere and i appreciate Shawn michaels for that and the other great thing about those two is when you put them in a ring together it's about as good as pro wrestling ever got in terms of style versus style entertainment value because i don't know if anybody ever did it better just pure moments for entertainment in that world than Shawn michaels and brett my brett michaels and brett hart to me, made pro wrestling look about as legitimate as anybody's ever made it look. Yeah. And put them together. They were so good. It was they were, they were the perfect guys back and forth. Here's what I tell you to do, and anybody who wants to really find out about it, the Vice Network has the series called Dark Side of the Ring. Go watch the Dark Side of the Ring, the Montreal Screwjob. It's fantastic. I can't not watch it every time it comes on. I've probably seen it eight times all the way through. <laughs> It's unbelievable. It's one of my favorite stories in wrestling, and uh, it's fantastic. So, happy anniversary to the Montreal Screwjob. Also, Zay, happy birthday. We hit another guy in this band the other day. Uh, it's Scarface's birthday. He's 52 today from Ghetto Boys. Man, I, I think he's one of the most underrated rappers of all time. Yeah, his individual work, his work with the Ghetto Boys, 
Yeah, he's an absolute Houston legend, rap legend. I think he took rap a lot records and put them on the map nationally when people, which all the ghetto boys did, but Face stood out. Yeah. You know, Willie D, he does his thing. Bushwick Bill's cool. Scarface, he stood out in the group, kind of like Andre 3000 did with Outkast. And by the way, shout out to him for actually getting to grab the name Scarface, because as popular as that movie was in the rap world, I bet everybody wanted to be Scarface at some point. The fact that he figured that out before anybody and grabbed a hold of it and then they made a name for themselves, good for him. Yeah. I bet there's eight other guys claiming to be Scarface right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he was at the parade. He was hype. Was he really? Yeah, he was hype. They had a lot of rappers on those floats. I saw Slim Thug, Paul Wall, Scarface, Bun B. Those Houston rappers, they take a lot of pride in their city because, yeah. again, they all just, when you got New York out there and their rap cred and then the West Coast and their rap cred and Atlanta, Houston used to get forgot about a lot and all those guys that I just named, they really were trendsetters and putting Houston on the map. Am I wrong in saying at some point, I know there's there was obviously East Coast, West Coast beef, Was it, did, they, did they used to call Houston Gulf Coast rap? Is that what it was called, or Third Coast? Maybe Third Coast? Third Coast, Third Coast, that's it. Okay, Third Coast rap. Happy birthday to Scarface at 52. Also, we were just talking wrestling. Chris Jericho, also 52 today. dude, man. Are you a Jericho guy? Yes, the Lion Salt, Firewalls, a Jericho. Are you still watching? He's still in AEW right now. Yeah, yeah. I saw him diss Lamar Jackson the other night. That was dope. He's he's gone from like uh, uh, babyface in that world to now he's a big-time heel. Jericho's awesome. Happy birthday to him. Uh, One of my favorite TV guys back in the day, one of my favorite bit part guys, Charlie Robinson. The late Charlie Robinson would have been 77 today. We just lost him in 2021. Mac from Night Court. All you Night Court watchers, remember Mac, that actor? He went on to do a lot of other things, but I know him best for that. He was fantastic in that show. That's one of my favorite like first shows that I knew I wasn't supposed to watch, but I didn't care. It was a little dirtier than your normal network show. And uh, Charlie Robinson definitely helped that out. Also, for you baseball freaks, Bob Gibson would have had a birthday today. We lost him in 2020, one of the greatest dominating pitchers of all time. As long as we're hitting baseball, congrats to Dusty Baker. He is coming back, Zay, one more time. Year number 26 as a manager. They've reached a one-year agreement. He is trying for back-to-back with those Astros. Hey, what can I say, baby? I got to come back to the age when I did. Finally got the monkey off my back, Jeremy Pena, in his second year. I mean, we got everybody back. How do I not want to come back? They're giving me unlimited amount of toothpicks. Sometimes the, <laughs> sometimes the toothpicks is flavored. I don't know, man. It's a different surprise every day. They give me unlimited amount of gloves. You know what I'm saying? How can I not want to come back, Jerry? How can I not want to come back? You know what those toothpicks probably taste like now? Redemption. <laughs> They taste like redemption. And like you said, they taste like the monkeys off the back. They taste like a weight off his shoulders. Congrats to Dusty Baker for uh, coming back for another year. Should be a crazy ride for the Astros. We'll see if they can do it again in 23. Up next, Stems and Seeds. Before we get out of here, we'll get you set for a big Wednesday. The Ball Don't Lie crew has a big guest coming up this afternoon that you are going to want to hear from. Plus, we'll tell you a little bit more about Texas, TCU, and the whole setup for Saturday. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Yeah. 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 I like staff, be close, caps, 
passion Addicted to fake attractions Pictures of actions Played back in a Mr. Mansion No fairy tales for this young black male Some see me stranded in this land of hell Jail and crack sales Bustling hardly think of culture Or the repercussions <laughs> while busting on back uh, Just about to wrap it up on a Wednesday Tupac? Yep, yeah it's Tupac with Scarface Ooh, okay. Yeah, this might be Scarface's most famous song because when you got Tupac on it, Tupac's in the video. Yeah, this is a classic. Smile. Tupac with Scarface. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and this was a time where Pac, you know, Pac had a lot of beefs with people. He didn't do much outside of Death Row when he got out of jail. So to do this song with Scarface, that's a big deal. So for him to ask Hey, do you want to do something together? And for, yeah. some, and for that other person to say, yeah, yes, for being Knight, a big deal. Yeah, for Suge Knight to be like, yeah, it's cool. Because you know Suge Knight, he's insane. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he called a lot of shots, especially getting Pac out of jail. Yeah, is, that shows Scarface and the love people have for him. Still yeah. have for him. All right, so uh, happy birthday to Scarface today. And as Zay said, he's a happy man. He was at the parade with the Astros. 52 years old today. We also had uh, a nice Jay-Z beat this hour. 50 Cent. We had George Duke earlier in the show. A little Pantera for you metal fans. Hootie and the Blowfish for you 90s kids. And ZZ Top for lovers of Texas rock and roll. All that on the show today. It's Chad and Zay continuing to build towards Texas and TCU. Feels like a little bit of a different vibe this week for some of the Texas folks we talked to. Sounds like sounds like there was something proven to some people in Manhattan over the weekend, and maybe it'll make them pick Texas to get a big home win. Now, tomorrow is a key crossroads for us because tomorrow at 2.05, that's when we talked to Brian Jones. Brian Jones picked them to lose in Stillwater. He was right. He picked them to lose in Manhattan. He was wrong. We, we all said last week we'd be really glad to be wrong. We were all wrong. Will Brian Jones pick Texas this week? I can't wait for that one tomorrow at 2. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what B. Jones goes with. And, yeah, Chip Brown, he made a great statement during the time he was on with us about TCU not having a bye since week two. Yeah. Eight straight brutal tough games that all most of the games you have to come back from that takes a lot out of your team we know Quentin Johnston we don't know if he's gonna play or not I doubt if he's 100 percent if he does play and you gotta take that into account when they come in the DKR Texas who had their bye week just a couple weeks ago they're the more fresh team and yeah with what Chip said about how they were in the locker room they know what's at stake they know they got Gary Patterson uh, uh you know on their sidelines this time and yeah it's just a big opportunity that you you could have, and if you do take advantage, this might not be the last time you t- uh, see TCU, and hopefully we could say that. Yeah, it could be a part one and a part two. Uh, there certainly is going to be m- maybe a little more desperation for Texas because they've already lost games, but definitely TCU's got more to lose. So kind of like that Bama game. You're at home. They're f- now, they're not favored to win in this case. Texas is favored to win the game, but they are higher ranked than you are. They are in the playoff right now. They are the ones that feel like they have the pressure, the pressure to, oh, my God, can you do this for the first time at TCU since blah, blah, blah. They're going to have people digging back to you know like the 30s about winning their, na- their last national title and stuff like that. If they can get this done, uh, I will be, I'll be impressed either way, man. I think this is going to be a great game. I think we're going to give lots of credit to whoever finds a way to win it, and I think this could just be – I think both of these teams 
could play an A game and lose. That's how good I think this matchup could be. I think if an A plus shows up for one side, it could it could even trump an A performance from the other. I think one of these teams could score 30, 35 and lose. Yeah, absolutely. I really think this is a a a battle, a battle to the end and I think Texas you know, deep down, Texas fans know they could lose this one for just ordinary football reasons. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And like I said earlier in the show, I don't give a damn about a Big 12 team making the college football playoff. Hell, we about to go to the SEC in a couple of years anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's ruin some lives here and let's oh, get yeah. these guys out of the playoff conversation because they probably think in their mind, oh, we could win a national championship this year. And the fact that we got Gary Patterson, I know that fires him up. How can it not, him being a competitor? you got a statue of me out there. If TCU, hell, wins a national championship, with which they have an opportunity to do that, they're going to move Gary's ass aside and put Sonny Dykes up in there. Yeah. And he's only been there one year. Yeah, and I still keep going back to this thing, man. If I'm Sark, I find a way to construct it in my players' minds because your players came to Texas to wear that uniform and that helmet and play in those games. And a national TV guy, the guy that le- the lead voice of College Game Day, just told you that they're coming here for TCU. They're coming here for a game at DKR – for the other team. All right, cool. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, would, yeah. I would use that to fire my guys up all week long. Uh, Texas and TCU is a 6.30 start, of course, on Saturday. A lot of stuff going on around these parts. Let's see what else we can get you. Stems and seeds. Here we go. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Com. couple of notes here. Congrats to Jacques Vaughn. He's officially been hired as the Brooklyn Nets head coach. So I guess, Zay, they looked into the whole Udoka thing and it was a little complicated? Yeah, I think the owner, Joe Tessie, I think he realized, you know, I don't want any coach banging my wife, let alone anybody <laughs> else's wife, on this staff. So we have enough problems here in Brooklyn. Let's not have another one. Oh, my God. Uh, also, if you're an NFL fan and a fantasy owner, keep your eye on this Josh Allen story. Day-to-day right elbow injury. This sucks, Zay. As an NFL fan, there's only one winning matchup this week, and it is Minnesota at Buffalo. And it might be Case Keenum? Yo, J.D. Lewis came on here and talked great uh, fantasy football talk like he usually does and said Josh Allen might have the same injury pitchers get when they need Tommy John surgery. I don't I know Josh Allen's a tough son of a B, but right. that's gonna be a huge issue. And I know that's one of our picks. Hey, I got Minnesota right now. I can't trust that. UCL oh, injury, man. that sounds brutal for a quarterback that utilizes his arm. And think about where they are. Think about how cold it's about to get. One thing that Josh Allen that separates him, his ability to throw it in cold conditions, now that's going to set him back even more so. And that game is in Buffalo. Yeah, in Buffalo this week. Uh, all right. Uh, also, remember, coming up, Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge.
Average 430. They're talking to CDC. You know he's had some conflicted feelings over the last couple of years about TCU in Texas, but I know he's clear about this Saturday. I wonder if he kept any of the purple ties. You think he has a purple tie if he needs it? Yeah, I think he has one maybe, somewhere maybe one. deep in the back of the closet. Maybe stowed it away somewhere. Longhorn Blitz podcast at 7 tonight. Uh, fight night at 8. Episode 400 for those guys. Congratulations there to Eddie and Jordan. And 9 o'clock is Sports Guys talking wrestling. Also, real quick shout out to Austin Artisan Cheesecakes. Our man brought by some cheesecakes for uh, you heard Rod talking about all the different white condiments he doesn't like and different food textures he doesn't like. So he brought by an avocado cheesecake for Rod to try. So we may all end up trying that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give me a Jeff House size piece. Yeah, it is back there in that fridge waiting on us. So shout out to those folks for bringing that by today. Have yourself a good Wednesday. We'll be back for a Thursday show tomorrow talking more Texas and TCU. Cheers.